Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 90, and I'm your host Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack quack, everybody. I'm excited to be here to talk about my favorite Paul Walker movie. Oh. Oh, wait. Fast Five? Mm. Actually, I forgot about Meet the Deedles. What is Meet the Deedles? You've never heard of Meet the Deedles? What is Meet the Deedles? Meet the Deedles was like, are we just hopping right into it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was this movie I saw on cable in like the late 90s, and I've just thought about it ever since. Basically, huh. Paul Walker and this other guy are like surfers that decide to become rangers at Yellowstone to impress a girl or something like that. Okay. That's the only thing I remember I'm about there. it. Sounds good. I thought it was so funny. I rewatched it a few years ago. It was not good, hmm. but it had a great soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> We're talking all the ska bands. We had Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. We had Goldfinger. We had Save Ferris and more. So basically you're and more. average, ordinary, everyday Tony Hawk game. Smash Mouth may or may not have been on it. If they weren't, that was a missed opportunity. So my question is, has he been in anything besides this movie that we're about to cover and Fast and the Furious? Fast and Furious. Um, he, I mean, he's been in some other stuff. Nothing that I've seen. Oh. Okay, Meet, meet the Deedles is that weird blue hair thing. Yeah, it's like the poster. Disney Plus. It's got like, his hair is like shaped like a wave. Okay. Interesting. You'd think he would be in a I, lot more. Know, you would think that. But I guess that takes up a lot of his time. No, because he was in Eight Below. That's the what. That's what I know him from. Oh yeah, that yeah. was a library movie for sure. One time watch. Yep. <laughs> but I loved it. Was it better than Snow Dogs? It's a different movie than Snow Dogs. It's different. This one's serious. Anyways, what's your favorite Fast and the Furious movie? I've only seen the first one. I've only seen the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen the tenth one. All right, you That's work, crazy. I'll work my way up, and you work your way back down from the top, and we'll meet in the middle, and we'll cover Fast Five on the podcast. That sounds like a plan. Also, I do not want to watch all those movies. That also sounds like a plan. <laughs> Jeremy, Anyways. what movie did you pick today okay, for your so pick? This one is a super nostalgic one for us, and upon review, we get it. It's not super good quality, but... Just just let us have this one. This one is a movie made in 2003 with 2003 graphics, 2003 acting, 2003 writing. Um, and it's based off of a book by one of the greatest authors of all time, Michael Crichton. Yeah. Timeline. And the movie is also called Timeline. Timeline. So, um, yeah. So basically, if you haven't seen this movie, it's got Gerard Butler... Yes. Uh, the Phantom of the Opera. It's got Paul Walker, mm-hmm. who is a fast guy. Uh, the, guy the reason Wiz Khalifa wrote that song. Um, and it's, it's got it's this got, guy from Band of Brothers. It's got the guy from Band of Brothers, and it's got the guy from Garfield 2, A Tale of Two Kitties. Oh, yeah. Um, who who pretty much reminds me of John Cleese. He does sound like him. Like a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah his I voice just is thought, similar. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, everyone knows who we're talking about. The professor in the movie. 
Okay, so if you haven't read the book or seen this movie, it's basically about this group of college archaeologists and their professor in France, but somehow the college students are also teachers teaching that one random group. I don't know. Probably like graduate students or something. Yeah, okay, yeah. They seem a little older than college anyways. Mm. Um, And their dig in the south of France is being currently being funded by this like random company called ITC and uh ITC this is where it's like a sci-fi slash historical fiction mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the best of both worlds because sci-fi on its own kind of gets boring for me and I just love national treasure so historical fiction is is for <laughs> me um <laughs> anyways uh this company basically decides it's gonna invent a way to fax 3D objects instead of just words. And by 3D objects, we mean humans. But they made a mistake somehow, and they came across this wormhole that takes you back to the year 1357. Yeah. Um, which to is... Castlegard, France. Castlegard, France, which is not a real place in real life and was not a real war. Um, Tiny Tim, who did not die. <laughs> And Lady Claire, who was not real, but based off of Joan of Arc. Um, Side note, this movie could have been improved by Gonzo and Rizzo like narrating Oh, it. for sure. Like, just walking through the, the, the towns of, of France and just following yes. them around. But also, what movie couldn't be helped by that? I think what? I've got you there. Um, the original Stuart Little. Good point. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, so basically, because it's already got a mouse in it. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So it, it's not really a time travel movie, even though it is. Mm-hmm. It it can only be. It is a time travel, but you can only go to that one year. Yeah. Because of the wormhole. Yeah, situation. in the movie they explain it as like. It's not a like a time machine per se. They've like happened across a wormhole that is to the specific yeah. point in time. So like that that's I mean, it kind of stinks for them. They can only go back to this one place. What's unfortunate about this is that it takes place during a very violent time in France's history, uh the Hundred Years' War. Mm-hmm. And so that's true. That's a true thing. And uh but it's very They've taken a lot of liberties, even from the book. I haven't read the book, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, I I started to listen to the book on, um, I got checked it out from the library using the Libby app, and I've, I've only gotten like the first couple hours into it, but already there's like significant differences. Yeah. But I, I don't, I haven't finished it, so I can't really go into like in depth of all the differences. The biggest thing I've noticed so far is that, um, so the whole story in the movie, it's like the professor, the he his whole archaeo I can't even say the word, the uh, ar- archaeology archaeological, archaeological dig is being funded by ITC. Yes, and he goes to visit their corporate offices, and they tell him about the whole time travel thing. We're explaining this terribly, but the whole plot but so is does like the movie. The whole plot is like. The professor goes back in time, gets stuck there. Yes. In the movie, it's his son, the Paul Walker character, 
that is like, we got to go find my dad, you know? And it's kind of a search partially to yes. like bring him back home. Um, in the book, it's not his son. The character is like not his son. It's oh. like his, he's just one of his students. Okay. And he's had like, his parents have died. And Teacher's so he's, pet. He's like a father to him. Gotcha. But it's not just him. Like he's that kind of figure to like all his students. He's like the cool professor. Like, oh, come have dinner with me at my home and that sort of thing. And like, I want to be involved gotcha. in your life sort gotcha. of thing. Cool professor for sure. So I uh, feel like that was a, a change for the adaptation. Okay. To just like make it, give it more stakes maybe to make it like, oh, this is my dad, you know, instead of. Well, why didn't they make him do a, a Scottish accent? Well, because those are two very different accents. That was, I was thinking about that because I was like, as I was watching it, obviously the professor has a Scottish accent. Paul Walker sounds like Paul Walker. And it's like, they could have just had it the same way and not had to explain the accent in any way. But I guess you're assuming his mom was American. Assuming. Assuming. Sure. (laughs) Anyways, uh, this movie is super medieval. And evil? if I think medieval, mid, it's like, it's like, yeah, like sort of evil, but not like too evil. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like a good kind of evil, you know? Okay. All right. But medieval, this is like the movie that I think of when I think of medieval, besides Shrek, of course. Um, <laughs> and like Redwall, <laughs> the books. Okay. Um, and maybe there might be some more, but, um, this one is a very nostalgic movie for me. Yeah. Because this is one of the first movies where, like, I was starting to notice and pick up on, like, death scenes mm. and, like, the reality of death. And I, we've gone over this a couple okay. episodes ago with... Um, um, when did we talk about that? It was probably months ago. It was earlier this spring. Oh, Ice Age. It was Ice Age. Yeah, it was yeah. Ice Age because... Mm. Well, Ice Age and Finding Nemo. It, this is we've kind of had a theme this year of like influential death scenes mm. to my life growing up. <laughs> Interesting. And uh, I feel like this one for sure is like the f- one of the first like anything can happen at any second. Like the reality of death and how quick it could be mm. scared me as a little kid. But I was like, whoa, I'm an adult now after seeing this. I'm ready. <laughs> But like immediately when they when they get into the into the woods, um, when they travel back into 1357, uh, the two Marines that they had with them uh, immediately <laughs> get killed because mm-hmm. like they don't they they stab first and ask questions later. Like they have no value for other people's life well, in medieval times, and they're unlucky because they like they pop up in the middle of the woods and there just happens to be like soldiers like yeah coming by chasing someone with like bows and arrows and all that yeah. and swords and stuff so it was unfortunate mm-hmm. timing yeah <laughs> anyways <clears throat> they kind of get stuck there because one of the um marines goes back after dying and he had brought a grenade with him and he was gonna like blow up these medieval knights <laughs> with the, his grenade but he yeah. got sent back at the wrong time and he blew up with his grenade, he blew up the time machine, so they had to fix that in order to get these people back. Mm. So they're stuck here for now. Meanwhile, they bring Francois along with them, and he's one of the students, the French students, that speaks fluent French. 
Mm. And that's the reason that they needed him. And he said, well, you know, the professor, he's such a good guy, man. Yeah. He's like, the professor would have done it for me, so I, I'll go I'll go for him and help him. And then he, um, unfortunately, gets stabbed. For being French. For being French, by because the they thought he was by Jack Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> also, side note, there's a guy on this, in this movie that looks just like Jack Harlow now. Um, I don't know the character's name, but his he's played by Martin Sheen. Michael Sheen. M- Michael Sheen, not Who? Martin Sheen. Yeah, Martin not Martin Sheen. Sheen. Is <laughs> Charlie Sheen's dad. <laughs> yeah. But Michael Sheen, man, he I, we're, we're looking at it right now. He looks just like him. He's got the just like black Jack curly Harlow. hair. Yeah. In like he, the beard. He, he's a white guy, but he looks like he could jump. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 2023 reference That is, right there wow. For a movie I have not watched. Anyways, um, Michael Sheen, he's in like... He's in a few shows and things. I he's in that Good Omens show, which Good I've Omen never watched. Show. Um, I just know him. There's like a clip of him like on a Zoom call with David Tennant, and they're like making each other laugh, and like that's what I know him from. So he looks like Simon Pegg to me. Look exactly, okay. but not not in this movie. Well, he's English. Yeah. I have from an incredible source. Okay. Um, that he was in the Twilight movies, oh. as one of the vampires. Okay, I think. I yeah. And he was also in some random movie. Was he in um Breaking Dawn Part 1? I believe so. That's I think he's in all of them. That's literally the only one I've seen. You really? <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> Out of order. Um see so you're saying the Francois death hit you as a kid. That like affected it you. It super did. Um I don't know cuz he's he's like clearly one of the nicest guys in there. He's super quiet. Definitely didn't deserve to die. And it just makes you more mad at how stupid people were back then. Yeah. Uh, how, like, little value they had um, towards life, mm-hmm. other people's lives. Um, and how medieval they were. Sounds fully evil to me, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like that one was impactful for me, too. Just because of... You felt super bad... Because they had to convince him to go. Like, he was scared. Right. And it shows him, like, before he gets in the machine and everything, like, he's, like, yeah. tearing up. He's, like, scared. His other friend, who stays behind, he's like, do you know what this machine does? It, like, yeah. Yeah. scrambles you into neutrons and then yeah. <laughs> pulls you back together. For a minute, <laughs> you cease to exist. <laughs> and that's scary. I mean, just to, like, wrap your head around something like that, but... So you just feel, like, really bad, because they, like, convinced him to come, and he was, like, really scared, and then, like, he doesn't last long. He gets killed. No. And, and I just, yeah. Yeah. And he's like young. And he's like in his 20s. And I was like, at that point, I didn't know that I thought only old people would, would die. You know, mm. but I'd never seen that firsthand in a movie. Yeah. I guess that would be firsthand, would it? <laughs> so let's let's go back here a little bit. Do you remember the first time that you saw this movie? I just remember watching it. I don't remember mm-hmm. where it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew it was Justin's movie. Yeah, that's that's what I remember. I don't... We didn't see this in theaters. This was one that our older brother had on DVD. I was uh, pre-kindergarten, mm-hmm. if that, when this came out. Yeah. So, I couldn't have seen it in theaters. Mm. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, this isn't even the kind of movie that, like, Mom would have taken us to see. 
I don't think as kids. There's like a couple f words in it. Yeah, too. there's <laughs> this one. This was a PG thirteen. It was it had some language in it, but I feel like there. Other than that, it was it wasn't too bad. I, I think it got a pass. I guess. Yeah. From the family. <laughs> um. But it was just very much of like the time of of these types of movies were. I don't know, just popular in that time of like the early two thousands. There was a lot of like, I don't know, just you had the Lord of the Rings movies, so there was that kind of medieval feel sort yeah. of to those medieval fantasy. I remember uh, there was like a King Arthur movie that came around around the same time as this. Okay, that was another one that Justin had. I don't know. I know Gladiator. Gladiator. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like a. It wasn't like a new genre of film or anything like that. Right. I just remember. I feel like there was a lot more interest in like knights and sword fighting and yeah. action scenes and that sort of thing in that era. Um, one side note, one memory I did have was in like the battle scene at the end, there's these trebuchets, which are different than catapults. Yes. The only reason I know that is because when we were at FCA, they had a trebuchet contest. I remember that. Do you remember that? Yep. Um, and it was like the middle school kids, I don't think I participated in it, or it was like maybe the grades above me, but like they would, they got like a team to like build a trebuchet. And it was, was mm-hmm. kind of like a science club type of thing where you build a trebuchet and then you can see like who can launch an egg the farthest or something like that. And so like after school one day, everyone took their like trebuchet, mini trebuchets that they built. Obviously not <laughs> the skyscraper ones yeah. like in the movie, but. <laughs> Um, like many ones out to like the um, football field or whatever by the gym by school and like everyone went and launched them I just remember that and I remember like seeing this movie and I'm like that's not a catapult that's a trebuchet I know what that is yeah, <laughs> yeah which is like far more far more effective than catapults it's much more fun to say that, that too but yeah I didn't build one so I don't I didn't. I didn't win the contest. Were we just? Is that during school? I think it was after school. It mo- it may have been. It may have been during school. It's so if weird. you went to it, I went to it. I remember a lot of people went. Like I, I feel like all the classes probably went to go watch. That's super but, weird. I don't know. Yeah, that was a school. Event it was the only like time we club. ever did it. Like they didn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I started this out by saying. This is my favorite Paul Walker movie. It's probably my favorite Gerard Butler movie, though. Like, okay, what else is he? This in? is this is <laughs> this is the definitive Gerard Butler movie to me. Yeah, and that's so strange to think of because like he was in like Three Hundred, and he's like been in a lot of stuff. But when I think of him, I think of, um, <laughs> I think of Timeline, Three Hundred, and P.S. I Love You. <laughs> Okay. I feel like that's very th- like three very strange movies to like know him from. Clearly, someone hasn't seen How to Train Your Dragon. Okay, I've seen the first one, The Hidden World. But they all, everybody sounds like Gerard Butler in that. I know they all sound like him. And the one movie I watched this year that I didn't know he was in was uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, which is a good one. Which was strange. It's very strange to see him Fever in Fever Dream. Uh, he's in Nim's Island, so. You might want to recount your. I've never seen that. Just kidding. But he did this right before Phantom of the Opera, which is probably one Mm -hmm. between that and 
three hundred. Those are his two like definitive roles for sure. Yeah. Um. So like this came out the year before Phantom of the Opera, and I'm sure he was practicing his singing voice <laughs> and his creepy staring. Um. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is my only experience to that because I've never seen three hundred. Mm. Until last year, this time. is the only movie besides How to Train Your Dragon yeah. that I've seen him in. So, Jeremy, uh, what's your favorite war? What? What's your favorite war? None wars, I guess. <laughs> it's not the Hundred Years War in uh, France? Probably not. <laughs> I thought The Hundred Years War is really stupid to me. Oh, yeah? It's just like four different people, royal families, just like fighting over their claim to the throne. It's just, like, really rude. Do you think that they got to, to year, like, 98 or 99, and they're like, let's just see it through to 100, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Might as well, you know? <laughs> just more lives lost, you know? You don't want it to be, For like, a OCD on, a, on an odd number, you know? 100 years sounds better. <laughs> yeah. One thing I thought was kind of interesting in this movie is I guess they're trying to make it well first of all I guess before I go down that route so this is not like an actual historical battle no or place no. Castle Guard France it is not it's there is a 100 years war yes for the setting mm-hmm. but this isn't like an actual like pivotal battle to history or no. anything like that it's just something created for the story okay right um. So yeah, I thought this was interesting because usually in like American movies, you know, you're rooting for like the Americans, you know. But this movie doesn't have either, you know. It's just like, well, you're hmm. rooting for the American group of people <laughs> to get home, but it's like this is a war between England and France. So our only known option is to go against England. Yeah, because they're our enemies. But also, because they're <laughs> really horrible in this movie. <laughs> but they are. I mean. I thought that was interesting because the English were so selfish back then. I guess so. Yeah. It, it, they were really rude, and they, they killed a lot of people and murdered and stole people's land and countries and stuff all over spices, and they didn't even use any of them. <laughs> Give me a bowl of mushy peas, will you? Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting perspective because we're like you're like rooting for the French to win in this movie. Yeah, which was which is fine. But it, it's because of like of fake historical events because it's like you need the French to win because it's pivotal to history. Do you want to vote? But it's not real. <laughs> do you want to you know? do you want to root for England? <laughs> not really. I mean, maybe. They're a bunch of bullies. Yeah, they they're not very nice in this movie, but I'm sure France had their times too, but yeah, you know, compared to England, I, they they're pretty chill. <laughs> Other than though, like, like the the leaders of each army for like the French or the English, like it just you don't you can't really tell what's going on. It just looks like a bunch of people like yeah. swinging swords at each other in the battle. <laughs> I thought the trebuchet stuff was cool. Yeah, um, but a lot of the fighting scenes, I felt like it kind of went on a little long. Yeah. I I think the reality of being stabbed 
or sliced with a sword is super interesting here because like you get hit once and you're done back then. Yeah. And that's how they play it. Um and it's crazy like war I have no concept of war besides just movies. Mhm. And like that's crazy that you train for all this amount of time and it could just end in a second. Like even with guns, even in World War 2 watching Band of Brothers. Yeah. Like it's wild to me. That's, I feel like that's a thing with like, not just like superhero movies, but like modern movies. There's a lot of like action and stuff, but like, there's no consequences. There's not to you. the consequences aren't as real. Yeah, because you know people aren't, you know, they're gonna be in the next one. They're gonna yeah. survive, and so you get a movie like this, and it's like, it's kind of these nice. aren't like. It's kind of nice that they die, you know. Well, like, no, it's kind of nice because it's, like, it's real. It's a real thing, and it kind of puts you in your place and makes you hum, makes yeah. you feel less invincible. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely makes you want to get a suit of armor, though. Oh yeah. And get on that. That that reminds me of at Mosey where they have the Mu- Museum of Science and Industry in Tampa, Florida. Uh, they have this Tesla coil that you could stick your arm. And touch the lightning, mm. but it's through a thing of chain mail. And it's like, I feel like I'm hoisting some <laughs> lightning from like Merlin's staff or something. <laughs> it's pretty cool. There was um there was a, a random shot I just I just saw Paul Walker on screen. Um where he's trying to like riz up kate at the beginning of the movie in like the tunnel cringe dude that was so <laughs> cringy and she's i don't remember exactly the dialogue ex- exchange but basically she basically says something like what is it that you want and he just kind of like looks at her and is kind of like smiling at her and it reminded <laughs> me of now this is very specific just for me and you but the face Great. he made cast it out live the face that he made <laughs> reminded me of randy's Randy face from home, home improvement. improvement when he gets when he gets his mom his mom the pirate the pirate cologne, cologne. <laughs> i knew exactly what you meant you knew there. where i was going i knew exactly anytime what you anyone meant. just smiles at someone a little too long <laughs> it reminds us of a specific episode of home improvement go so. watch home improvement season one episode six or something i don't know <laughs> Watch the whole show. That's my favorite childhood show. Randy gets his mom like some kind of like pirate perfume or something like that, and he just thinks it's the greatest she gift was like, ever. This burns. She puts it on. It's like oh, it burns. <laughs> and he's just smiling, like he's like, "Isn't it great?" <laughs> Somehow he had some ulterior motives. He's like, "That's yeah. he's being evil for sure." Uh, another part about this movie is that it has one of our actors from our one of our favorite movies of all time. That thing you do. It's got the bass player. Yeah. TB player, as he was cast. Uh, <laughs> I did not recognize him at all because he has, like, frosted tips and yeah, facial he, hair facial and, hair and, glasses. and an attitude check. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I watched this movie back in the day, obviously, it's not a perfect movie. But as a kid, I was... In fact, I mean, it has an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. When I thought this movie was so, like, clever and really smart in, like, the writing as far as, like... Yeah the callbacks of like basically them influencing history and influencing the things that they're researching and digging up at the archeological site and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, 
It's just a good time travel I feel story, like and it, I don't like time travel stories. I think it has a really good premise, yeah. and I feel like it probably just wasn't, it was just kind of rushed and wasn't executed properly. Well, I mean, Michael Crichton is probably one of the best like creators of concepts mm-hmm. and ideas, and he was upset about this yeah. because he made he didn't sell any of the rights to his any movie rights to his books until he died, which was in two thousand eight. Um, but like he was well, so upset about that. Well, he had sold rights to his books, but after this yes. one came out and this one was, he did not like the way it was carried yeah. out. He after that point he like stopped <laughs> signing away the rights to his books because right. he was upset about it. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, I I've been listening to the book and everything, and it's very much um, Michael Crichton. If you if you don't know, did we mention like he wrote like Jurassic Park? Yes. So it's very similar in themes to that. It's mm-hmm. it's very much got like the whole it's intense um, the wow. whole time. It's intense. It's got the um you've got like the corporate greed like yeah. pursuing pursuing science without taking care of like the ethical concerns about it. Yeah. In this in this book it's specifically about like quantum physics and that sort of thing and pushing the fields of real. quantum physics and like teleportation and that sort of thing yeah um and in their research for that they come across this um well actually i think in the book it is time travel like i think they can go to other places i really want to read the book but somebody has it on hold on libby right now (laughs) yeah well i'm uh yeah i think i'm like a few hours into it so (laughs) so i think it has a lot of the same themes as jurassic park and it's probably not going to be as good but I'm enjoying it, and I think I can enjoy it. I, that's why sometimes I like to watch the movies first and like enjoy the yeah. movie for what it is, and then read the book. You know, because every if you do it the other way around, you're never gonna enjoy that movie. Yeah, and so I don't know. I was talking to Grant about that. He's like, I yeah. always watch the movie first. Yeah, and I think for me it helps. It makes too. so much sense now. It also helps you can like have a visual for it too. Yeah, and so I don't know. I, you know. For better or for worse, I'm always going to picture Gerard Butler and Paul Walker in that book, even though <laughs> he's probably way different, you know, Sure. in the author's mind. Sure. No, I don't yeah. know. Like, I specifically did that with Hunger Games because I was like, oh, I like these movies. I'm not going to read the books because then I probably won't like the movies. You know, but I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. It's a pretty good adaptation. I mean, the books, everyone's going to say the book's always better. Yeah. So, I, like, I like to be able to appreciate both, though. Yeah. So. so watch the movie first, I guess. You know, I love. Never mind. I'm not <laughs> gonna. I'm not gonna make a Percy Jackson statement, <laughs> except for the fact that I enjoyed the first movie, but I hadn't read the book first. Yeah. But now I appreciate both of them. Mm. So it works. It's a. It's a good foolproof idea. I did. You know, and I did and the you, same thing with Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Like the book is so much better. No. <laughs> and you can't. You can't. Um, it it prevents you from becoming a snob too. Like, oh, you haven't read the book yet. Yeah. Well, it's you so much better. You mentioned to me like, like, do you think this would make a good like HBO series or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Like, now today, I would love to see a remake of this. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've sold are able to sell Michael Crichton's books rights now. Probably not. Letting me do it. But he said until after he died. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but. 
Oh, this is such a good concept. The only thing is, I feel like if it wasn't fully funded, it would just turn into like a like a once upon a time quality. Mm. And or like Merlin quality. Well, yeah, and and that's where you go like not the Disney Plus route, but like the HBO route. But it has to be like star studded too, though. That's the thing. Star studded. Okay. Um. So Muppet casting. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I already cast. I already added Rizzo and yeah and Gonzo to the movie. So we haven't even talked about Lupin being in this movie. Yeah, Professor Lupin. Professor Lupin. David. Clean shaven David Thules. Thules. That's a weird last name. Thules. 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 Is that how you say Thules? it? I don't know. Thules. Anyways, he's in this. This is technically the first movie I've seen him in because this came out before Harry Potter. Do you think you saw this before? I think so, for sure. It's such an early I mean, memory for me. Yeah. And I remember watching it again after and noticing that um, that's who I recognize him from. Mm. Uh, only he doesn't have his iconic mustache. He's clean shaven. Yeah. In a scumbag in this movie. <laughs> but I, I, I have that vivid memory of, of seeing him at the end of the movie, like his ultimate demise. Yeah. When he swaps place with him and gets stabbed. Yeah. Or that's what you think. That's what you'd like to think. <laughs> but I also remember like the funny concept of the, uh, the end seeing the gravestone where they see, cause, um, name Lady Claire. Yes. And Gerard Butler, uh, Andre Merrick, Andre Merrick, Merrick. Um, who was played by Gerard Butler, he decides that he's going to stay behind because he feels like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out his ear is the one that gets cut off from the grave, and it's sort of like a cool time travel full circle moment. Yeah. Uh, but then afterwards when they go back and they go see that grave, they read his name on there. They uncover the name and everything, and it says Andre Merrick, born 1971, died 18... Er, <laughs> died 1380-something. It's it, a, yeah. I yeah. was like, that's so weird. Yeah. What a weird concept. That's a real thing. <laughs> so it, it's really cool. It's a really cool brain scratcher, brain teaser of a concept. And uh, I hope to see more of this type of stuff in the future, but more high quality. I, I, could, I could get on board with a, with a 2023, 20-year anniversary, mm-hmm. like, remake. Yeah. Well, what is up with us doing 20-year-old movies now? You know, it just that's the way it works. Oh. Yeah, so we we instantly thought of this movie after watching Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana uh, Jones 5. Yeah, the 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 new one. So we'll keep it I mean, you can hear our our spoiler review on the last episode mm-hmm. for that one. Um But yeah, there was a lot of elements of that one that really reminded me of timelines so we're like oh we should watch that one next i was mad at <laughs> at what happened in indiana jones 5 uh-huh. but i was like i want to i want to write this wrong and see a good version mm-hmm. of this and that is timeline although this movie is very bad <laughs> poor <laughs> poorly quality um specifically the acting in the in the dialogue is horrible mm. but i love it i can't help but love this movie I, it's probably just the nostalgia. I don't know. I'm biased, but i I still like i st- I still like the characters. Like yeah. you still feel for them. You still like 
you're still invested in them. Um, I was just reminded though of uh, when Indy like wants to stay in the past. Yeah, in the new one, I instantly thought of Gerard Butler. Like, oh, he wants to stay in France, yeah. thirteen fifty-seven, because he's got himself a Lady Claire, you know. Yeah, but Indiana Jones had nothing to do with that time period. No, so he didn't deserve to stay there. Yeah, and we already we already discussed our our yeah. uh, review and and thoughts on that one, but <laughs> it's so good. Timeline, not Indy Five. Indy Five's yeah. good. Yeah, Indy Five's good, but I would rather watch Timeline, even though it has an eleven percent on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. As we were watching this. There were definitely scenes that popped up that you're like, oh, I remember this. Yeah. Like, what were some of those moments for you? Francois' death. Okay. The time machine itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the time machine is cool. The death yeah. scenes of the Marine guy getting stabbed and being dragged by the mm. the cart. Yeah. Um, the, the trebuchet, the fire arrows, the... Um, David Professor Lupin getting switched and mm-hmm. about to be dead. A lot of the death scenes were very in Excellent. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember the roof thatch thatched roof. When Kate is climbing yeah. out to escape, yeah. Um but yeah. I'll let me a good medieval movie. So you just remember Especially most of Night's the movie. Tale. <laughs> oh yeah. See that's another one for the, the list of movies around that time. Yeah. That's my favorite sports movie for sure. <laughs> Night's Tale is amazing. Jonathan, tell me about your experience with medieval times. Good question. Very good question. All I have to say is, go Green Knight. When I went in sixth grade, me and my friends all cheered the Green Knight on, and he did not win. We thought loser. he was going to win. He was. He got all the way to the end, and then you know it's rigged. It's like wrestling. They change the winner every night. Yeah. We thought he was going to win. Like He came <laughs> back. And he, got, he ended up getting second. But I was ah. like, ah, oh, the Green Knight, man. That was our, our guy. Now explain to the listener what how what an experience of medieval times is. I've never been. Oh, okay. So um, I've, the only dinner show experience I've had is Dolly Parton's Stampede in <laughs> Gallenberg. So medieval times, we went on a field trip in sixth grade. And I think there was like a museum part of it too where you can like go through and look at dungeons and yeah. dragons no no dragons but just, just like dungeons just like it was like castle themed and going through and i i don't really remember hardly any of that because you go there for the show yes the show is you go in and uh yeah it's just like an arena where like medieval knights fight, like ride horses and have swords and fight each other and um and while you're there you basically you're sitting down and you don't have any silverware but you get like a big old turkey leg to eat. Yeah. And we got like a bowl of vegetable soup that you're just, you just drink like a mm. cup. Sounds good. I don't remember any other foods. I, there probably was more than that. <laughs> probably like a roll or something like that. It's probably like a corn on the cob or something. Yeah. Just like stuff you can eat with your hands. I just remember the big old turkey leg and the yeah. soup. That's what I, I guess that's what I, I like. Eat the like most. a king. <laughs> And I think you get like a little crown or something to wear that says medieval times on it or something. And and it's basically in like an arena and you're split off in like different sections. And so like whatever section you seat at, like 
it's it corresponds with like a different night in their like colors. Yeah. So there's like a blue, red, green, whatever, all different ones. You root for that. That's the one you cheer on during the show. Hmm. And uh, Green Knight, you made it all the way to the final two, but did not did not succeed. And like it's all real. Like the knight died. <laughs> like he got stabbed. It's real consequences. That's crazy. That was you talk about like coming to terms with death. That was sixth grade for me. Sorry you had to go through that, Jonathan. Thanks for bringing that up. No. Where's the nearest medieval times? Uh, so we, I mean, we lived in Florida, so we went to Orlando. Um, and I always thought that's like the only one, but it they're all, they're pretty common. It's like a margarita. It's, it's like all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a rainforest cafe. Uh, I went to. There was a, a couple other places in Orlando. We went to. Um, the Holy Land experience. Awesome. That was really cool. Because we were at a Christian school and they took us there. <laughs> yeah. I got to take communion with Jesus. That was cool. Hey. I do that every Sunday. Amen. Uh, but like they had really cool. I remember they had like a, a model of like Jerusalem. And it was like the size. It was like a, a miniature but it was like the size of an entire room yeah. and you could just like walk around. It was like 50 feet and you just like walk around and you yeah. could see all the different, different areas of the city and stuff. That was cool. They had a rock climbing wall, which was kind of random, but it's like, Hey, you can do that. <laughs> but they had, I mean, everything was like religiously themed. It was cool. Know. Yeah. They had like a, a, they had a play. Yeah. Like a crucifixion play. You go into the tabernacle and see the, uh, the priests do their sacrifices and stuff. Yeah, it was it was cool. The other place we went to in uh, sixth grade, I think, was a, a little like miniature theme park. It was called Splendid China, hmm. Th- and this doesn't exist anymore. I looked it up. It was a, uh, it basically was like a gardens place that like recreated um major like landmarks in China. So okay. they they had like. They had like a miniature wall of China that just like went throughout the the entire park. What's just the wall of China? Huh? What's what's the wall of China? You don't know the Great Wall of China? Oh, the Great Wall the of China. The Great Wall oh, of China. Oh, yes. You yes. just said the Wall of China. The that mi- could have been any four walls. Right, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a miniature Great Wall. Okay. But great nonetheless. Okay. Um and that was that was a cool field trip, I remember. But medieval times. That was Florida had some good field trips. I've, I've noticed that after uh, speaking with other people yeah, in, in other states. A lot of different stuff there. St. Augustine, mm-hmm. the Fort, uh, Kennedy Space Center, Disney, SeaWorld. Yeah, I mean, all the theme parks, Orlando so and Swimming manatees. We have the Everglades. Yeah. Um, Publix. And just the aquariums and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's... One of the greatest. Publix. <laughs> Publix is an I iconic for, well, field trip. For I Floridians. forgot. I I thought you just meant going to the grocery store, but I'm like, no, we went to Publix corporate. No, and I had the best chocolate milk of my life. Exactly. In there. Yeah, they have the best <laughs> chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. Some great field trips. Maybe it was just our school. I mean, let's not we forget. We went to the movie theaters. We went to the movies. We saw. No, I think it's just like we have a lot of opportunities. Like people here yeah. in Kentucky have Kentucky Down Under. And <laughs> they've got um, Holiday World. 
Yeah. Theme parks are, are lacking Nashville, in Kentucky, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had stuff like the Holy Land experience. and uh, <laughs> That might not yeah. be there anymore either. I don't think it is. I think yeah. it's done. Uh, is Medieval Times still there? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, the closest one is Chicago. Chicago? Right now, yeah. Hmm. There's, there's seven or eight locations total. There's a scene in in uh, the Cable Guy where Jim Carrey takes Matthew Broderick to medieval times. I remember that. Oh, haven't seen that. Wasn't one of his best. I've noticed that I haven't seen a lot of movies <laughs> as a uh, as a movie podcast host. I haven't seen that, and yet we've seen every movie at I the know. same time. It's it's weird. I'm okay with just saying that I've. Been, I'm an expert on children's cinema and not <laughs> regular cinema. <laughs> Man, look at that trebuchet fly. Fun fact, did you know that flamed arrows were not common at all in medieval times? They just do it for visuals in movies. That makes sense. Because it looks cool. Um, yeah, because it, like, it completely ruins yeah. the trajectory and it doesn't do anything. And it, mm. the flame's just going to go out if it lands. Maybe you'll get a dry haste back, but yeah. still... Also, I, I was thinking about that because in the movie they're like, "Oh, don't don't light these arrows because then they won't see them coming." Yeah, they just called them night arrows. Night arrows. <laughs> and Those so they are just, just regular arrows. And so they just shoot a bunch of them off and they just start hitting everybody because yeah. they're not expecting it. It's like, why didn't they? They. I was thinking they probably just did that all the time back then. Yeah, they probably just didn't light them. <laughs> also, like, why would, why would you give away your position by showing your trajectory with a flame? Yeah, you watch Anyways. it coming, they can move out of the way. Yeah. So anyways, Jack Harlow is in this movie, and that's who I would like to be replaced in the new version. With Jack Harlow. With Jack yeah. Harlow, yep. If I were to have like an item from the movie, it'd be like the little marker, the marker. thing. Yep, that'd be His cool. little watch. Yes, yeah, it's, it's got like the, the time code or how much time they have left. I mean, you could have that, and I'll just have a suit of armor. Thanks. You could, okay. <laughs> Done. I don't want to wear that around. I don't need to wear it around. <laughs> I just keep it. Use it. That'd be so cool to have. Anyways. I think it's about time we wrap up, huh? I think so. Maybe a bit shorter episode, but... Still a good movie. What, Jeremy, do you have a letterbox score for this movie? Have you even thought about that? Yikes. Three and a half? <laughs> I'm a three and a half. Three and a half. The, I'm, a, I'm okay with it being... It's a bad movie, which I would say it's probably a one on that scale. Uh, but it's such a good story and such a good concept mm. and so much nostalgia. It affects it, changes it yeah. to a three and a half for me. Yeah. I, I still enjoyed it. I, I, I did an opinion of it. Yeah, I I don't regret rewatching it or anything like that, I felt. The nostalgia just wasn't enough to like pull it up above a three and a half. So It has a potential to be a five. I'll say that. Well. Maybe even a four and a half. Maybe. But not this one. Not this time. Maybe Jack Harlow's 2023 edition. <laughs> yes. Any final quotes at all? Just the born 1971, died 1385. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps, he, he repeats, Merrick does. It's like, make your own history. That's kind of a. Make your own history. That's, that's the lesson of the movie. If you can go back in time, 
Do it. You'll fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, another day, another staple. Well, everyone, our only question left is, what's your favorite inside quote from this movie? (laughs) You might not have a lot, but let us know if you do. And let us know on Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. And if you haven't followed us, go ahead and do that, and let us know if there are any movies you want us to cover on the show. So, Jonathan, next week it's going to be your turn to choose. So why don't you let the listeners know what we're going to be doing? Well, we'll be covering another certified staple of our childhood. Certified hood Hood classic. classic. And all I have to say is, this could work. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good deal. Good deal. Here's a clip. You gotta love crab. The nick of time, too. Don't take much more of those coconuts. Coconut milk's a natural laxative. Things that Gilligan never told us. Oh. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. Go check his stuff out. And our music was done by Alex Bird. And we would love it if you left us a five-star review. And if you do, we promise to read it on the show. But more importantly, five-star review and we'll give you Greek Fire. We didn't even talk about Greek Fire! So Greek Fire, the historical inaccuracies of that is like... (laughs) Nobody knows how to recreate that now. Really? Yeah. It was just like... There's been some good guesses, but like nobody's been able to recreate it since that, since Greek Fire, that hmm. that event, you know. But what about your theory? So I was like, Greek Fire, Greece Fire, the city of the the country of Greece. The, that's the only like that's liquid fire is Greece Fire, and you can't put it out with water. Yeah, it just gets gets worse. So uh, that's my theory. <laughs> thanks for listening everybody we hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our childhood staples just as much as we have and if you did make sure you hit follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode and we're now on YouTube so if you're YouTube we're not a, it's, it's still audio obviously but yeah we're gonna start posting uh, the audio episodes up on YouTube uh, our Indiana Jones episode is up there now so we'll put a link in the show notes alright but yeah go ahead and follow us over there And also, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Until next week, or 600 years ago, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes.